Lake Louise State Park, Leroy, Minnesota, May 8th, 2022. It was overcast and windy. Our picnic at the shelter was cut short due to strong winds. Finished lunch in the car before hiking the hiking club trail. We saw a trio of blue herons overhead, plus a female red star, and what we're fairly certain was a magnolia warbler. Also, ruby-crowned kinglets, gray catbirds, and a killdeer after leaving the park. Welcome to episode 11 of Adventure Within Reason. Hi adventurers, I'm Kelly. And I'm David. And this is episode 11 of the Adventure Within Reason podcast. David, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good. I was going to wear one of my Miniopa t-shirts, but uh, someone has it hidden, so I had to settle, <laughs> had to settle for my, my trusty Tom Servo t-shirt instead. But I do have a piece of State Park merchandise with me. I have my Fort Snelling State Park pint glass that has a, um, what kind of owl is this? Do you remember? A long-eared owl? Long-eared owl, yeah. An owl that I we have not seen, only in photos, but um, one day one day we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll witness those guys. Yeah. So, David, today we're talking about Lake Louise State Park, a park that we went to the same weekend, the same day that we visited the Forestville Mystery Caves. And uh, I have to tell you, I'm excited to be recording this episode on a different day because I am not six doses of Benadryl in. So I'm feeling a lot better and I'm really excited to talk about this park. All right. So Lake Louise is the oldest continuous recreation area in Minnesota. So way back in the 1850s, the town of Leroy was located where the park is now. The railroad came in and uh, the town of Leroy was not located close enough to the railroad. So the whole town just picked up and moved. And the family that actually owned the land that the town had been on gifted it to the town as a recreation area. So that's how it started as a Minnesota State Park slash recreation area. Now, Lake Louise has a lot of interesting things going on. If you are a horseback rider, this is going to be another one of those great state parks for you to visit. They've got horse trails. They are working on restoring their native prairie. In the Miniopa episode, we talked about how the park rangers at Lake Louise, their biggest wish and the thing that they're trying to do is to get enough native prairie restored to become a site for bison. So we wish them nothing but the best in that endeavor. They're also about... 20 campsites and it's a really quiet park you can canoe on the lake you can swim on the lake you can just enjoy the lake there are great picnic facilities that we really tried to make use of but it was what how fast do you think that wind was going the day we were there david oh it was enough to drive us away and the family that was there you know when when we arrived so it was it was pretty bad i you know paper plates were flying you know to and fro (laughs) Um, I think we almost lost a watermelon at one point. It was uh, it was bananas. It was uh, it was a gong show, as they say up north. Oh boy! Anyway, adventurers, we came to this park with the idea of just doing some picnicking and walking the hiking trail, and it was part of a two park weekend. So we didn't really get to devote as much time to this park as I would have really wanted to, because there are quite a few trails that sound really interesting. And something, David, I didn't know until we left is that there's actually a colony of a kind of, is it allium? Is that what garlic and onions are? I'm not certain. Oh, okay. 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing that quite right. It's been a while since I've been in, you know, Latin classes. But anyway, there's a colony of nodding wild onion there, which is a Minnesota threatened species. And it was said to be blooming pretty close to the time we were there. So sorry we missed it this year. Uh, We'll have to go back next year for it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, unless you're really spending a good chunk of time in any Minnesota State Park, you're not going to get you're not going to get the sense that you really uh, took in everything that there was to appreciate or experience. So that's just how it goes. You know, you, you visit a park, you make the most of it. And in, in every instance that I can think of, you plan on going back because there's almost certainly more to do and to, to check out. So, yeah, I really want to pitch this park as a great destination for families with kiddos. Not only is there swimming at the beach, but the hiking club trail, which we did, is a mile. It's flat. It's beautiful. It takes you through some hardwood stands in the spring. I'll get to them in a little bit, but in the spring, there are some great wildflowers there. And David, I think you saw some good birds at this park. Yeah. So the the hiking club trail, I believe, is uh, 1.3 miles, and it's all very easy. Um, You start off along the lake, and then you kind of just loop around through like a woodland area. And when we were there, it uh, it coincided perfectly with a lot of the migrating uh, warbler species. So I crossed yet another lifer off, off my list. I guess we both did. Um, we saw a bird that was um, kind of gray and black on the upper parts, a very bright yellow breast with black speckles. And then... Uh, little white wavy lines on the on the head and the and like the outside of the wings and i you know but by virtue of having been having seen a lot of photos recently on on a, a page i think we've plugged before minnesota birding light uh, an excellent resource if you're on facebook um i've learned a lot about birds on there anyway by virtue of being on that page i i was pretty certain we had seen a uh, magnolia warbler as the civil war veteran uh, read in his letter at the beginning of this episode <laughs> Um, we weren't certain in the moment, but after the fact, we, you know, we, we did a little bit more research and, and, and confirmed that that was, um, not just one, but several, uh, Magnolia warblers. It was great. I mean, they're, as, as previously mentioned on other episodes, warblers are very, uh, hyperactive. So you can't always observe them for long stretches of time. There's almost no mistaking certain warblers. I mean, they have very distinct and, and just, uh, impressive color scheme plumage i guess is the, is the word uh very you know very impressive plumage as, as they say on monty python uh anyway um <laughs> magnolia warblers a great bird not to be confused with the the canada warbler which uh looks very similar except uh, the canada warblers don't have those um those white stripes on the head and the tail or uh, i'm sorry the, the the head and the um the wings so yeah, we we saw magnolia warblers. We saw the herons. Did we see anyone else of note, or did we did we mostly spend time observing the uh, spring ephemerals here? I felt like we spent a good amount of time also watching for warblers. Yeah, uh, adventure is my main role when David is trying to get characteristics of a bird down to look up later are one to remind him that I have no cell phone coverage in most parks and I can't look it up for him right at that moment and two to take a short video of him reciting the characteristics so that we can make sure to look it up later and that we have that we've noted all of the characteristics of whatever birds we're looking at yeah if it it wasn't for Kelly I would still be you know standing on that trail muttering uh, (laughs) you know um, notes to myself and some park ranger would have to whisk me away Give me some. Give me some help. Two heads are better than one, I suppose. One flew over the cuckoo's nest with that one, right, David? 
Well, it's like uh, it's like Chai Pig from SNFU said. I, I may be... Hold on. How's that lyric go? I'm a Birdman baby, but I won't be pigeonholed. Oh, boy. I thought that that was an original David joke, and now I've just been set right. <laughs> we'll, we'll put, a, we'll put just, the, just the, the tiniest sliver of that song maybe at the end of this episode. Great song. Yeah. Wow, for some reason I thought you saw a lot more birds than that. Well, this is, you know, as previously mentioned, this is the same day we were at Forestville Mystery Cave. So, you know, may, maybe our memories are kind of bleeding together a bit. But, yeah, we really weren't at Lake Louise very long. Uh, we spent several hours at Forestville Mystery Cave the same day. Uh, and then we went over to Lake Louise to have a picnic, and we, we knew the hiking club trail was going to be a little shorter. So I'd say we were there, you know, there and, and on the road again within two hours, maybe even an hour and a half. So Yeah, it was a little... Oh, by the time we got there, the sun had hidden behind a cloud and had become quite windy. Yeah, and chilly yeah, it was getting a little chilly, so we, you know, we made the most of it. We, you know, half of our picnic was just in the car, wolfing down <laughs> our, uh, you know, our cheese and crackers and our fruit and whatever else we had with us. Chickpea salad. Oh yeah, chickpea salad, really good. Maybe maybe we'll put that on the website. Put put our <laughs> our uh, our chickpea salad uh, recipe. Great on bread or crackers. Great great for picnics. Anyway, that was uh, mostly what we went to this park for, was just to fill our bellies and um, do an ocular pat-down of uh, the bird activity going on. <laughs> and uh, and that, was, uh, that was kind of what we had time for. So, you know, you do what you can. Yeah. So as far as spring ephemerals go, and I, I'm not going to be able to be talking about them for much longer now that I think about it, because we're heading into June. It's Memorial Day weekend. The yeah. unofficial starts to summer this weekend. <clears throat> but... As far as spring ephemerals go, we saw some new ones here, David, and I got to make a, a brand new identification. So I learned how to identify May apple, which looks like an umbrella. I don't know how else to talk about it. It okay. hadn't the ones that we were looking at didn't have their flowers yet, but they looked like an umbrella with glossy leaves. Just a very odd looking plant when you're just out and about. We also got to see Bluebells for the oh, first yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, that one was really exciting for both of us. They were closed when we observed them, but, you know, still beautiful. Still, They were closed at Lake Louise? Yeah. Okay. We, we've since seen them open. Yeah, a lot of people in Minneapolis have them in their gardens. Okay. So we saw bluebells. We saw bloodroot. We saw, oh, we saw trout lilies, which oh, are... Oh, yeah. Yep. Beautiful flowers. Incredibly beautiful. We missed the... <coughs> Dwarf trout lily, which is an endangered mm. species here in Minnesota and blooms down at... Nurstrand, right? Nurstrand Big yeah. Woods. And apparently the flowers are about the size of a grain of rice. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I'm really excited to get to see those next year. But we saw regular old trout lilies and they are just beautiful and fun to come across. Hey, on that note, do you maybe want to give a plug? You know, I, I always tell people to check out Minnesota Birding Light, but there is a, a one or two Facebook group pages for, for people that are really interested in native flowers. Do you want to maybe plug one of those so that people can maybe brush up on their on their knowledge <laughs> yeah so the one that i belong to on facebook is wisconsin wildflowers i'm not sure if there's a minnesota wildflowers page i think david actually you invited me to join this one so i don't know if there's anything more local than that yeah i mean it's same same region so i mean it's yeah. probably a lot of the same flowers you'll see on you know this side of the the imaginary line that separates the two states. <laughs> so, um, yeah, check out the, what is it called? Wisconsin Wildflowers? Wisconsin Wildflowers. And the people on that page are very kind and helpful, uh, even when you submit blurry photos and ask what the hell you're looking at. That's that's all you can hope for with with uh, these group pages. Yeah. Is, is, is nice people who are eager to answer your questions and help you learn. Yep. So we also saw wild ramps here. 
which I think makes this a good time to talk about gathering and foraging in Minnesota state parks. Uh, David threw up a link to the Minnesota DNR Parks and Trails Facebook page this week, and it had a beautiful morella mushroom on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think we have many mushroom hunters in the group, but as far as foraging in Minnesota state parks goes, you can absolutely pick wild things and eat them in the state parks. You can pick morels, you can pick blackberries, you can pick ramps. The only, it's not a rule, but what, what they ask you to do is to just take enough for personal consumption. <coughs> Don't show up and pick blackberries for your pie business. Yeah, it's just be respectful. Um, don't harvest so like enough to share with like three dozen of your closest friends. <laughs> just you know, maybe a handful or two when it comes to berries or or, or mm. maybe this is a dumb question, but how does one harvest ramps? You don't you don't have to like pull them up by the root, right? You do you just clip off the top, or how does that tell? How does Apparently, that work? you can just clip off the leaves. So so it's the leaves that are edible. Yeah, okay. I'm still learning. That was one of those flowers that I posted to the Wisconsin wildflowers page because I didn't really know what it was. Mm. And I was thinking Lily of the Valley, but there were no blooms on it. And they directed me right. It was wild ramps. So, okay. Yeah. Incidentally, I don't know that we've ever seen any uh, in Minnesota state parks, but do you remember what's the, what's the thing that I've, uh, what's the plant that I've harvested around Minneapolis that kind of tastes like oregano? Wild bergamot. Yeah, wild bergamot. I wonder if there's wild bergamot in any of the Minnesota state parks. Oh, I'm certain. Okay. Yeah, it seems like something that would grow there. So there's, you know, we're, we're not foraging experts by any means, like as with the birding and as with the native wildflowers, this is something we're just trying to learn more about you know, impart the, some of the, some of our knowledge onto you. So, so you've got berries, you've got uh, ramps and um, I, I assume there's wild bergamot out there somewhere. Yeah. I assume there are also uh, stinging nettles. I know people eat. Um, I was on the lookout for fiddlehead ferns, not to eat, but just to practice identification. I didn't see any Ooh. ferns are totally awesome. You guys, when they are first coming out of the ground, when they are cloaked in their fuzzy, I don't even know what you call it, but they're awesome. They look like aliens. I'll put mm. some pictures on the website. <laughs> well, ferns are uh, ferns are some of the oldest living plant life, right? Because don't fer ferns predate uh, when plants basically pollinated? Is it right? Oh, I'm not actually certain. Yeah, because I'm going to embarrass myself by trying to sound smart here, but yeah, when I was a kid, I used to go to the science center in St. Louis, and I remember they had this big um, exhibit that was uh, an attempt to like recreate what like prehistoric eras looked like. And one of them was just like all ferns because apparently there was a period in, in our Earth's history when uh, the ferns were basically like most of the plant life out there because uh, they don't need to, they don't need to, they don't have like pistons and, and all that kind of stuff. So they don't have to like cross pollinate. They just like basically, sure. I don't, I don't know. What, I can't think of what that kind of propagation is called. Yeah. <laughs> I'm embarrassing myself, but, but someone out there, I think knows in spirit what I'm trying to say and is uh is uh is frustrated that i can't articulate it better but trust me i'm i'm frustrated too this is the story of my life you know i know we have more than one friend of the podcast who's a biologist and i wish we could just put them on speed dial so that we could have like a phone the biologist section well maybe maybe we'll do like a recorded segment and like and stick it stick it in here at some point but otherwise you know something a project for another day yeah so, so. Yeah, uh, so that's the that's the wildflower report, such as it is. Uh, another thing to note is that this park is home to 
some different ecosystems. Like I said, they're really working hard to restore their native prairie. They also have oak savanna, burr oaks, and a few stands of hardwood. David and I were mainly hiking through the hardwood, which was the hiking club trail, which again is smooth, flat, and fast if you have kids. A great park. Looking forward to going back. Yeah, I think that's all we've got on this one. So have a great week, adventurers. Thank you.